This is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host on ADHD Focus. I wanted to remind you that the show is not intended to be a recommendation for diagnosis or treatment of any condition for any specific person. Please consult your mental health professional or doctor managing your ADHD or mental health issues about any diagnosis or treatment related information that you hear on the show. Refer your ADHD provider to the show if he or she would like more information. Thank you. Today we'll be talking about distractions, working memory, how to reorient uh, yourself into what you got distracted from. And my guest is Jeff Copper, who is a certified um, ADD coach by the International Coaching Federation and also Professional Association of ADHD Coaches. He's been coaching and has his coaching practice dig um, for past 16 years. He also has podcasts and video on Attention Talk Radio and Attention Talk Video. Jeff, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, Honored to be a guest. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, the executive function and specifically into working memory and when distractions come up, whether it's a noise you hear, um, you know, plane overhead or particularly mm-hmm. in the office environment where it's usually more difficult to control things. Uh, there's a conversation. There are people walking by. And that interrupts the flow of what you're thinking mm-hmm. about. And for people with ADD, that's it's a bigger challenge to get back into that. Yep, um, absolutely. So uh, I like your analogy about the the interruption is like unplugging your computer. <laughs> and yeah, so um, is it? I think was it helpful. I like sometimes to frame this out, but give people like a context so they can kind of mm-hmm. start, but kind of big and kind of get small. We talk a lot about executive functions and it's a word that's used. We know that you use executive functions to produce a plan, but people often don't really understand it. And so mm-hmm. think of it as a collection of mind tools. And I use the word tools like you might have a, a saw, a hammer, some screwdrivers. Those are the tools that you might construct a house, right? So we use these mind tools in order to construct a plan. And I'm a big fan of Dr. Russell Barkley's model because I think that particular model has precise definitions and the model kind of explains itself. There's other models that are out there that are good, but they kind of commingle emotions with different types of things. And I think it gets a little bit cloudy, but part of executive functions is working memory, Mm -hmm. visual imagery and uh, nonverbal working memory, which is kind of self-talk where we play with information in our mind towards a goal. And so basically it's, it's thinking. Now people think about daydreaming, that's thinking, but there's a difference here. When you're actually thinking towards a goal to achieve something, that's a big demarcation of just thinking and actually trying to accomplish something. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about work, yep. When we talk about working memory, to me, when you begin to think about something, there's a couple pieces of it. Number one, you need to load information in your mind and often you need to retrieve existing knowledge. I mean, Think of the back of your head as like a filing cabinet. Most of it has a lot of knowledge, but we we load information and we retrieve that knowledge before we begin to work on it. And so today, when we're talking about this, this particular topic, I like to focus on the loading of information. The way I describe this is years. I mean, I work out of my house and uh, 
years ago, I had a Windows 7 computer and I wake up every morning, I would come in, I would turn my computer on, I'd wait 30 seconds and I'd put in my password because then I would go get a cup of coffee because it would take another four and a half minutes for my computer to boot up. And I'm using this boot up analogy for us to begin to understand it. And so what happens is the operating system's got to load up, Skype's got to load up, everything's got to load up in order for me to kind of get ready. Much like some guys showing up at a, a house, a construction site, they got to get out the sawhorses, the extension cords, get all the tools. Mm -hmm. And so I'm calling this the boot up process. So imagine, Dr. Pomeroy, I'm sitting down, I start to type a letter to you and I get a like a sentence and a half into it and all of a sudden the electricity goes off, right? Boom. The, my computer screen goes blank. So I hit the power button, wait 30 seconds. I put in my password and then I go screw around for five minutes because I got to wait for you know, the computer to boot back up. And then I open up Microsoft Word and then I got to go back and reread. I had auto recovery, thank God. I reread the sentence and a half that I wrote to you mm -hmm. to remember what I said and think, okay, what was I going to think about next? And I start typing again. But I live in Tampa, Florida. It's a nice sunny day and for no reason, this happens all the time. Boom, my electricity goes out again. So, ah. I hit the power button, I wait 30 seconds, I put in my password, now I go get distracted, I come back 10 minutes later, I open up Microsoft Word, I reread the three sentences. Now, what I want you to notice is 20 minutes has passed and all I have is three sentences. This analogy is something that we can really use to begin to understand the booting up process and people with ADHD because Loading that information in your mind, the booting up of the operating system and the stuff, the tools that you need in order to think, okay, it's an effortful endeavor. It's not necessarily pleasurable. Mm -hmm. The ADHD brain is very reward driven. And so when I'm talking about this, people with ADHD say, like, I'm having a hard time getting into the flow. Once I'm in the flow, I'm good. You can go. I'm having a hard yeah. time getting in. So we're kind of talking about that experience or I'm having a hard time with a transition because you're leaving one top to another so, and you're trying to have to boot up your mind onto that new, mm -hmm. new topic now where i i see this with number of my patients particularly at uh work when the environment isn't yep. as controllable yep and with this what i think pardon me is a stupid concept this open office oh people can collaborate no they really aren't getting a lot of work done maybe but maybe your team is yep. scattered all over. And now with people, sometimes at work, sometimes at home, there are unassigned desks. You have to yep. get there and claim your desk. Well, if you're a little bit late, you've got a desk right next to where people are walking by. Or you're in the middle of the room and there's the man next to you who likes to stand up while he's talking on the phone. And he has a loud voice, so he's talking right over your head. Noise-canceling yep. headphones only go so far yep. so those distractions keep on pulling people yep. away from that email or their programming yep. some pretty complex things yep. that you have to stay with and maybe you yep. can adjust if someone comes up to ask you a question okay that's somewhat easy to switch to their topic and ask the question but then you have to get back to yep. what you were doing and that's the so, challenge yeah so I want to make a little bit of a distinction. Some people are really identifying with what you're saying. I mean, they're like, oh, my God, that's it. Other people are like, huh? The, 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 the level and the intensity of what you're thinking about varies. Some things, the mm -hmm. boot up process is so quick, it's, it's very, very minimal. But if you're going to sit down and do your taxes or do like a research paper or something mm -hmm. like that, the intensity increases. So yeah, to, to, to kind of 
again, to put this in perspective, I, I describe this a lot to clients. You know, imagine you're sitting there at the dining room table and you spend some time and you get into the flow and your spouse says, hey, Jeff, the toilet's overflowing. It's an emergency. You get up and you run and you go resolve the toilet thing, but you come back and all of a sudden everything evaporated from your head, like when the computer was, electricity went out. And you have to go through that effortfulness of booting back up again. And sometimes getting into the flow can take 10 or 15 minutes because yeah. it's really yeah. wonderful. It's, it's exhausting. So then I turn around and I say, you know, have you ever noticed that you're at the dining room table doing something and a significant other walks in and asks you a question and you bite their head off? And a lot of people can really identify. Like maybe you're snarky or snippet. And I say, understand that emotions emotional regulation is an executive function. And mm -hmm. when you feel threatened, reflexively, you go to fight, flight, or freeze. So in the moment the person's coming to you asking that question, it took you so much effort to get into this flow. If you were to stop and pay attention, it might evaporate. Mm -hmm. And so reflexively, you kind of fight back. Yeah, now, past experience brings that yeah. up. And I like to say that it's a reflexive reaction. It's an emotional reaction because you're mm -hmm. feeling threatened because it's the, the thinking is so effortful. Yeah. And so we begin to understand what's going on. I, I like to also like to talk about how we make observations so that we can get into really kind of understanding how to manage this. And so what I like to, ex to explain this is imagine it's 1130 and I've got a noon lunch appointment. I got 30 minutes. So I got some time. I might sit down and have a, a task that I'm going to do that requires executive function. And I might start thinking about it. It takes me 15 minutes to get into the flow. And then I finally start thinking about it for five minutes. And I look up and I go, you know, it's 10 minutes to noon. If I'm going to make my lunch, I need to get up and leave to make it on time. Mm -hmm. What I want you to understand is if I actually did that, all right, and I came back later in the day, I would literally have to start over again. I've got mm -hmm. to go through the mm -hmm. whole 15 minutes of booting up. And while I might have thought about it for five minutes, I really didn't get much accomplished. So literally, I have to do it all over again. Right. So that's kind of important for you to remember. And you might have done that a couple of times in life, but that's not how the real world works. What a lot of times a person will do is they'll sit down at 1130 and find themselves rearranging or reorganizing their paper clips. Yes. Going yes. to lunch. Doing something. Then late. Yep. Later in the afternoon, I don't feel productive. Now, feeling is the physical manifestation of an emotion. An emotion is a reflexive reaction. So I don't feel like I was productive. And then we call ourselves a procrastinator. Like, wait a second. That's just name calling. If you actually stop and thought, well, you didn't get anything done because it would have been unproductive. At least I got my paper clips organized. And this moment is really important because you're stopping and you're actually thinking ob objectively about what was going on and realize I didn't start it because I would have had to just start over again. It's right. a lot of so, effort to boot up. So that's, so that's one way this stopping, plays out. Make stopping sense? yourself. And, yep. and that's exactly, I think, the, the point that in order to, the first step being awareness, okay, how do you prevent that? Uh, yep. Having gonna... a harder time enough to think so hard to get back into the yep. flow is to step back and look, okay, what were the sequence of events? What could I have done differently? Realize, you know, if there's only half an hour before the lunch, um, this isn't the time yep. to try to get started on this complex project. 
Exactly. We're going to come to that in just a second. So I want to run out another scenario that is, imagine it's 1130 and I decide to get into the flow and I get into the flow and I'm, I'm there. And I had the foresight to put some alarms and some notifications to remind myself to go to lunch. What will happen a lot of times is those will all go off and the person with ADHD will actually just ignore them mm -hmm. because they're in the flow and they might get done at 1220 and show up at lunch at 1230 and say, oh, my God, I got a time management problem. No, you don't. It's a productivity issue. You started this, you got engaged in it. It would have been unproductive for you to start over again. So you continued until you got done. Now, I want to come back to, we have two scenarios that we just described. One looks like you're procrastinating. The other one looks like a time management issue. It's not. It's a working memory challenge. Now, the, the thing about this that's really, really important, and the reason I'm grateful that you brought this on, is that if you have tasks to do, you have to look at the nature of that task mm -hmm. and you have to take a look at the resources and you have to manage it appropriately. I do not coach on Friday. The reason I don't do that, that's my creativity. Most of the times I got to get creative. I really got to get into something, whether it's a presentation, a video, a podcast mm -hmm. or what mm -hmm. I'm doing. And I don't want to have to stop for anything. So I don't schedule calls. It's uninterrupted time. Another thing that I do is I coach probably 35 people a week and each person is their own individual like project for me. Mm -hmm. Every time I get off a phone, I dictate a stream of consciousness of my notes. So a mm -hmm. week later, what I do is I skim them. I actually don't read them. I skim them and I skim and I get the buzzwords. And so it's kind of like I didn't have to boot my, my computer up from scratch. Right. It's you like it was in hibernation, right? Yeah. And so I it brings it back. In a visit, yeah. I'm, I'm typing it in the visit so I can reconstruct yep. what this person was saying. And that's where, for me, the visual of talking with someone, and then I can look at the words and I'm remembering their facial expression, yep. uh, their tone, yep. voice, whatever. So it brings me back into the context. Then I can look at my conclusions or what we talked Absolutely. About. So we kind of have three scenarios. One is where you're starting something new and you have to go through the boot up process, in which case you need to be conscious of that and be conscious of your scheduling, not to do it at a time when you're going to be interrupted and have to start over again. That's number one. Number two is sometimes you need to block out those times. And three, if you're working on a project and you get in the middle or you're going to have to get interrupted, you leave some breadcrumbs, whether you dictate some notes or you leave some notes or you try to get to a stopping point. Like a lot of times you get to a milestone and once you get to there, you don't have to kind of go backwards. But the idea is you have to be present with that. Now, to get to back to your point is that in the world, we often don't think about the task and the level of thinking and schedule it appropriately because there's some tasks that require a lot of executive function, a big boot up process, and you really don't mm -hmm. want to get interrupted. Other ones are, are light and minor, but all too often the challenge of our world is because cognition is intangible, we have a tendency to generalize it across the board. And earlier I made the distinction that sometimes there's really easy cognitive tasks that mm -hmm. you can come back to. Other ones you can't. So that when you're in an environment that's dynamic and you're having this stuff, having somebody talking that captures your attention and your computer, you know, and you have right. to boot up all right. over again, that's very, very frustrating. And 
to your point, more and more like people are going to these work areas where they go around and a neurotypical might not have difficulty with it, but it can be very distracting for someone oh, yeah. with ADHD. Yeah, very difficult to stay productive. Yes. At work. And it, and, and little things, which we're, like this is the time where I've, I've coached people with ADHD that have very sensitive senses, like a writer one mm-hmm. time who, it's like when they hear a noise, it's like amplified. And so if they're writing oh, yeah. and the house creaks, it captures their attention mm-hmm. and boom. Their computer yeah. screen goes blank. I think that's or, real common with ADD. People are yep. extra sensitive, particularly noise. That seems um, a lot. Well, yeah. It can be noise. It can be light. It can yeah, be physical blank. touch, like the tag on the back. But yep. the idea really here is you have to you have to manage that type of stuff. And so the idea is like for sound, I've actually had, I mean, the particular writers, we got to the point in time where they would write, but they would have a vacuum cleaner on right next to them to kind of mute uh, out all the other sounds that would mm-hmm, grab their attention. Mm-hmm. Or I've had some people before where flashes of light would be a problem. So we put curtains in, they had like a spotlight. So it was like on one area. Other people need bright light in an area. So if there's a change in light, they don't notice it. Or sometimes they're, they, we just have to get an environment where they're enclosed, where they're, nothing's going to scratch them or irritate them. So those are physical senses that can distract us. Again, other people coming up and interrupting you in mm-hmm. the middle of thought. Um, other times, you know, larger noises or alarms and notifications. And the, the thing that I really want to emphasize, Dr. Pomeroy, is without the self-awareness of understanding this and actually pausing and acknowledging the nature of the task that you're doing and begin to schedule it or manage your environment appropriately, you're really going to succumb to yeah. luck at any tip, trick, or strategy because – it, it might work sometimes. Like one of the things that I talk about is the Pomodoro technique is mm-hmm. a very popular time management thing. And it really works well for methodical thinking. But if it's something I call insightful thinking or requires a lot yep. of executive function, it actually can make it worse because it interrupts you. It's interrupting. And you think yeah. I need to get up and walk away and you have to come back and reboot. And that's just an example of if you don't understand the situational variables, it's a really good technique. But a lot of times people are, are playing yeah. to the and wrong it's... thing. So. I want to pause and let you give you a kind of task you're looking at. And I think that's the if it's analytical, methodical, then yeah, you're you're into it, but it's something that you know you're working through a sped spreadsheet and you're doing the same kind of thing. Well, you just need to basically have a little check mark or you know where you left off. And then you're going back, same thing. You aren't doing a creative thinking process. Yep. Whereas I don't program but i imagine it's something like writing it's just in a different language where you're thinking about and you're creating uh as you go and so, that's where the methodical 25 minutes and oh i have to break then you're yeah, stuck so Your computer you have to be play. you gotta be careful with that because because there is just a straight methodical on a spreadsheet tick 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 and so you kind of where you're going sometimes a programmer might have a flow chart of what they're trying to do, like a process map that they're trying mm-hmm. to code. And they might be a methodical line, but when they sit back down, it might look methodical, but they've got to go back and yeah. kind of redo the code sure, to rebuild the part. map to understand where they are. Yep. And I'm sharing this because there's a lot of these really intangible things that get in the way of the thinking process. But the, the, the overriding idea is if you're not aware of it and you're not managing it with intent, you're just kind of winging it. Whereas hopefully we are bringing some tangibility to it and you pause and think, oh, it's lunch. 
I got 30 minutes. Well, I really kind of can't get anything that really requires a lot of heavy thinking done. What can I go do to get productive so that later I don't have to do that so I can sit down and focus in on it? And one of the things I am seeing that uh, is the, the uh, I call it time sink, S-I-N-K, where if someone hasn't thought through that and looking at the nature of tasks and almost have some little things you can do, then it's, well, I've got time to, yeah, I was going to order that thing on Amazon. It'll just take a minute. Nobody shops on Amazon for a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry, not even three minutes. It's not possible. So uh, it's worse than going to the mall because this is the biggest mall you've ever seen. Yep. So when the ADD mind, the interest is, well, I don't want to really look at the email stuff. And I was going to shop for that. Then bingo. And that's where time sense goes away and you're hyper-focused yep. on the shopping and looking at seven different designs yep. for the same thing. And it you get sucked into this uh, yep. whirlpool of time that just takes you right out of yep. any kind of flow, except the shopping on Amazon. Um, which, so thinking which, about things beforehand, uh, I yeah. think the thing is that uh, which is, being able there's to another, manage it. There's another invisible thing that's happening here. I don't want to make this too complicated, but Booting up, like executive function and thinking is cognitively effortful. When the level of thinking exceeds a threshold, it's actually uncomfortable for people with ADHD things. So in other words, thinking is actually really difficult for them. Mm -hmm. When it gets to that level, emotionally, like the brain does not like discomfort. Right? Mm -hmm. It's motivated to escape discomfort and go to comfort. I mean, that's what marketers do. They're selling you, you know, either they're selling you something that's pleasurable or to escape pain. So a lot of times, a lot of people will talk, say, I'm having a hard time with task initiation because what we're talking about is actually the boot up process and the level of effort that's required for them mm -hmm. to get their head into it is so uncomfortable. There's a, there's a motivation to escape the discomfort of that. So one of the things that I like to, to explain to people is when sometimes you do need to boot up on something that's new, but all too often people with ADHD, they don't think I need to make this easier. Mm. And so the idea here is that thinking inside your head is difficult. Thinking outside of your head is easier. So if you sit down and talk to somebody, well, I've got this paper that I've got to write. It's on this and that, 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 and you're having a conversation with them. You're, you're actually externalized thinking and you're getting some feedback from them. It makes the thinking process of booting up actually easier. Or let's say that you're a student and you're doing some materials. Sometimes it's helpful to go back and redo material that you've covered already to kind of help get your mind into that mindset to kind of start the stuff that's new as opposed to starting brand new. Again, these are mm -hmm. all kind of like, like, Ways to warm up and make the booting up process a little bit easier mm -hmm. on those on those things those tasks that you need to do. And I think another thing on the point okay. you made about um, having a conversation, hearing yourself say it gets it into your brain differently than if you're just thinking about it silently. Um, that's well, there's, uh, there's reading part of work and part of working memory is not. Yeah, part of work, working memory is nonverbal working memory. It's basically self-talk. Mm -hmm. And because it's impaired, because it's impaired, instinctively, 
Many mm-hmm. people with ADHD, they talk a lot. Now, I said instinctively, they're not taught this. They instinctively talk a lot because they're actually thinking out loud to themselves. Yeah. Now you might be in front of somebody, but you talk, 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 you solve your own problem, but they do that because they're rewarded with higher levels of performance. And I want to kind of go mm-hmm. back to it's instinctive. Like they talk a lot. Nobody taught them that because it's there, but by, by knowing that, Hey, if I verbalize right. this, I'm externalizing mm-hmm. it intentionally going back to what your point is, it helps you kind of think or helps you in that boot up in the flow process, accelerate mm-hmm. that and remove some of the discomfort in order for you to think. Make sense? Yep. Um, one thing that I'm uh, has struck me and I just began uh, yesterday reading a book called When is written by Daniel Pink. And in the very beginning, uh, it's fascinating. Some studies that people have done looking at um, emotions over the day and had people track kind of what were you doing, what were your emotion here and there, what uh, were you working on, all those. And in every single instance across every country, no matter gender, uh, income level, type of job, anything else, the um, energy and being able to put the energy into thinking went up in the morning had a slump after in the afternoon, and then came uh-huh. back up in the early evening. The, the interesting thing was for most people, methodical or analytical thinking was better in the morning. Insightful, creative thinking was better in the afternoon. Yep. So they're scheduling your tasks and realizing I've got a work on creating this. I'm trying to come up with a new idea and how to put that together. That's going to work better for you if you do it in the afternoon. Now I'm re- I've only gotten, I don't know, maybe 30 pages into it. I'm reading it from the perspective of, okay, how does this apply to people with ADHD? Because I think a lot of the times we're in the creative part almost all the time because we have an associational mind. We're making an associations. Someone says one thing and you think, oh yeah, that's kind of like this. Oh, and well, those two fit together. And then it goes here, which is great unless that association is, and I'm on Amazon and I wanted, oh yeah, I was going to go. And then you're in a kind of the wrong path or you're, you're in your own mind getting distracted by your associational thinking but mm-hmm. you're listening to the person who's right in front of you. Uh, that's a real uh, typical one. But I think yep. that the uh, it was interesting to me to see, yeah, do your analytical type thinking in the morning, do your insightful, creative uh, things. Because, and he points out, this is the diurnal rhythm of the brain, which is also like diurnal rhythms and, circadian rhythms of anything um i really agree with you i'd like to add to that is that insightful thinking aka creativity thinking outside the box um it does not play well with pressure at all it's like oil and vinegar and so like creativity often is done in moments where there's there's not pressure to perform because when that does it just really kind of paralyzes you there's a if you go on YouTube and search for uh, the video Art, A-R-T, and Copy, C-O-P-Y, it used to be run on Netflix. 
the movie, the, the, the documentary is about uh, advertising. But if you listen to it from a insight perspective, you're listening to like, you know, about advertising is about you come up with a thousand ideas and you're like you're, you're looking just for one. If you listen to all the advertisers, except for one of them, all of them are just living in the state of anxiety because of the creativity mm -hmm. that's needed and the need to do the it deadline. on deadline. Mm -hmm. So how does that all relate to what we're talking about? Well, <laughs> creativity is one of those things where sometimes you like, you know, Dr. Palmer, I've been working on a program called Cognitive Ergonomics from the inside out, taking about 16 years. I'm just recently pilot. And there's times where I was hitting an area that I, I, I was trying to figure something out. I'm literally on the floor staring at my clipboard for an hour and a half. And, and then things would start to come. And I got to the point in time where I knew that sometimes I just had to have a day. And literally, I would yeah. sit there for an hour and a half. And all the times that I ever did that, I almost always got a big aha or revelation out of it because the booting up process and that creativity, it needed to be one where I, I didn't get interrupted, where there wasn't really a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And I was exploring an area and I actually had to kind of relax myself and say, listen, if it comes today, it comes and not, not. <clears throat> That's the ultimate in the booting up process and trying to get into the flow because you've got a gazillion associations that are coming together that you're playing with to try to see if they kind of connect. Yeah. Yeah. And I find people with ADHD often are trying to schedule an aha tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning, right. which doesn't and work that way. Right. It and just, even saying, okay, I got to do it in the afternoon. I'll schedule it for yep. free. And exactly. Um, and then, and I'm looking at, and I'm working on a few books, but okay, well, I'm not going to have time to do it there. And so it keeps on getting put off because I have in my head this concept of I'm going to need two or three hours. So, hey, so you said something. This I want. I want to stop you right here. This is really, really, really important. Most people are not going to get this. In my world, there is no such thing as procrastination. Understanding Dr. Barclay's model and understanding executive functioning, there's a legitimate reason why hmm. you're not doing things. And the reason I'm saying oh, yeah. that is you just said it, Dr. Pomeroy, I've got this thing and I'm putting it off and putting it off because you don't have a block of time to sit and get booted up and not get cut off and have to redo it. It's unproductive. Right. So you kick the can down the street, down the street, down the street. This is what I'm hoping people get. At some level, you've got to stop and you've got to schedule the time. And that's hard in our environment. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But this, I'm a procrastinator because I, I've never scheduled enough time to get my head into this and beating yourself up and shaming yourself. As uh, yeah. Laura McNiven's once said, you mm -hmm. can't treat ADHD through the lens of shame and blame. And I go back to what no. you said is Absolutely. legitimate reason you're not doing it is because you don't have time to do it. You need to acknowledge that and say, I need to make time. And that's mm -hmm. that's the distinction between getting things done and walking around with shame and anxiety, because, again, emotionally, it doesn't happen. So, again, I don't mean to get on a, a, no, a I, soapbox, I think but I really want people to get. Yeah, exactly right. You can't. We all have the same amount of time um, and making time, cutting it uh, into a place where, yep, I uh, have this uninterrupted time, protected time. And that is really difficult to do these days between um, just basics of uh, getting ready to leave for the job, doing the task at the job. Oh, yeah, I got to hurry up and have lunch and I have to get home, but I have to get the groceries first. And then I remember to go to the dry cleaner, all those different things. And 
uh, okay, Saturday's here. That's I'm yep. having to go to work, but I've got to do. And so deciding to, this is now important enough that I want to block out that time. That's more important than picking up stuff at the dry cleaners or doing seven errands. But but see what you're because here's what happens is people are not intentional about this. What I hope is that people begin to understand this because I coach multiple people. It's like I'm a night owl. Like I get my work done at night. I'm like, you know, if you think Mm -hmm. about it, like from 10 o'clock to two o'clock in the morning, there's no interruptions. That's when you get booted up. You get your head into the game. And if you if you understand the environment is conducive for you to do that. Right. You can do it in the morning, but you have to be intentional about creating that environment. If you're going to put yourself in the middle of the room with emails and people, you're not going to be able to do it, mm-hmm. right? But but people will tell me I'm a night. I'm like, no, you're doing it instinctively because that's when you can get booted up and you can go with the flow until you're done. Having that awareness is that you can do it another time, but you have to intentionally mm-hmm. create that environment during the day or it's not going to happen. And I think the other part of the awareness comes in is with ADHD, remember, at 10 o'clock at night, number one, if you're taking medication, that's not there anymore. Um, So then you're in free fall. And number two, you're tired of having to do all the thinking and the effort. So, yeah, this video game or just another episode on Netflix or whatever and it's easier to do the one more yep. thing. That's my relaxing time. And yep. your escape and the time escapes because it's easy to get sucked into that. Um, and, you know, absolutely that little whirly circle <laughs> that, you know, oh, the next episodes is going to come yep. up in a minute. Um, yep. And I've got to find out what happened here. And games, they're yeah. designed to keep our attention and, aim for the next level or whatever. Um, they're so they're, they're, desi- they're designed to control of, your attention. This isn't creative time. This ends up being, um, as Dr. Bill Dodson said, one of his main tasks is having people with ADD stop playing in the sauce of their mind, <laughs> which I, that's exactly it. You're having fun with this associations and doing all these things or the games but you still get more of the i i invariably i get somebody comes in i'm having a hard time getting up in the morning my go-to is what is your brain entertaining itself at night with because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're not going to sleep yeah, like brains entertain themselves like you know da, 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 da. basically people with they they fall asleep they pass out of exhaustion at some point in time so the issue is not getting mm-hmm. up the issue is self-regulation by not yeah <laughs> putting not that stuff down up. and going to bed yep Mm -hmm. that that time management which is part of working memory and and certainly um, and i one uh, patient stated it and i think it's a a helpful way to think about it what would my future self tomorrow afternoon tell my present self at 10 o'clock at night that was really helpful thank you do that again (laughs) And it's not stay up and watch some more Netflix. Um, So it goes into self-awareness, which is another executive function. The awareness and the planning and looking to the future. And uh, particularly with ADD, there's now and not now. Yeah. So bringing this all back to the beginning and kind of wrapping it up with a bow is at the end of the day, 
self-awareness is an executive function and self-awareness is highly correlated with success in life. Uh, people with ADHD struggle with it, but I'm grateful that you brought me on today so we could talk about this so that we could like that getting into the flow. Uh, think about the, the computer getting uh, unplugged and having to start over again. The idea is to understand what this is, understand that you're environmentally sensitive. And as I tell people, there's no mm -hmm. getting around this. You have to understand what you're doing and you have to manage your world with intent, whether it is scheduling enough time to get it done, adjusting the environment so that you don't get those distractions. It's a little bit effortful to do that, but it's more effortful than having to start over and over and over again or never yeah. getting anything done. And so hopefully we provide a level of self-awareness as people, as they say, it's really about problem solving, not so much any one tip trick or strategy. I tell people the Pythagorean theorem is great. It works on right triangles, but it doesn't work anywhere else. Yes. And so all too yes. often people are using equations on problems they weren't designed to solve. And so again, mm -hmm. I'm grateful that you had me on because we can talk about actually problem solving. Sometimes you have to derive your own equation. Make sense? Yes. And I think, Jeff, that's uh, one of the unique things about your coaching style. It's not, well, if you do these steps, then you won't procrastinate anymore. Or if you use this program or this approach, uh, yep. even though you may be kind of tailoring it by your experience and, oh, this person is with ADD is having this problem, I'll give them this solution. But you're helping people get at the the root of it. Yes, excavating as yep. yeah, that's where <laughs> dig, dig coaching comes in you're excavating down yep. to what's below the foundation here what's really going on yep. that people label procrastination but it's ending up being some choices yep. um, that are maybe learned or you yep. just fall into and then it hangs you up so so i actually would like to thank you because earlier i talked about the lunch thing is because often the root cause of things is something other than like procrastination is visual behavior. Showing up late looks like a time management issue. If you if you did all the alarms, it didn't work. The root cause really is something else, the boot up process. And so Dr. Palmer, I do a lot of, let's identify what the root cause is and solve mm -hmm. for that. Because if we're solving for the symptoms and it's not working, then you haven't gotten to the root cause. So thank you for, 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 for bringing that up. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate the opportunity coming on. Well, thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Having you here and your insights, my guest, guest today has been Jeff Copper, who is uh, the creator of DIG Coaching. Uh, he's a certified ADHD coach, certified by two of the uh, bodies that not just teach the courses, but make sure that someone has the skills to uh, do the, the coaching. Yep. Um, and Jeff has Attention Talk Radio, Attention Talk Video, and links to those will be in the text that goes along with the program. So, Jeff, thanks a lot. It's been great. Thank you. Have Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, folks, for listening. This is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host of ADHD Focus, saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.